This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast. I'm Zubeda Hamid, your host for today. Up until January this year, only two people were ever reported cured of HIV/AIDS. But now, researchers have said that there may be a third case, an African-American woman who was diagnosed with HIV in 2013. and subsequently started on antiretroviral therapy. In 2017, the woman was diagnosed with leukemia and received embryonic stem cells in the form of cord blood from a donor who had a rare mutation that naturally blocks HIV from infecting the body's cells. She also received adult blood stem cells from a relative. Now, doctors say, the woman shows no signs of HIV in her blood and has no detectable antibodies either, making this 60-year-old possibly the third case of a person who has ever been cured of the virus the other two cases both men received bone marrow transplants as well from donors with this rare mutation but unlike the other two cases this woman did not develop graft versus host disease a condition where the donor stem cells attack the recipient could this be because of the use of embryonic stem cells along with adult stem cells her doctors believe this may possibly be a factor Stem cell therapy, exciting as it is in the field of medicine, is not accessible or possible in the case of a vast majority of pe- people living with HIV/AIDS in the world. Antiretroviral therapy or ART, however, has ensured that those with access to the medicines now have long lifespans comparable to those without HIV/AIDS. A vaccine against the virus, however, would still be an ideal solution, offering a potential cure. But close to 40 years since researchers first began to study HIV, The world still does not have a vaccine for this virus, though there are recent reports of a potential vaccine based on the mRNA platform. In India, as of 2019, an estimated 23.48 lakh people live with HIV/AIDS. The prevalence among adult males is estimated at 0.24% of the population, and among adult females, the prevalence is 0.2%. Worldwide, over 37 million people live with HIV/AIDS. So what is this potential stem cell cure all about? What is the rare mutation that naturally blocks HIV from entering the cells? Why is a vaccine so hard to make and does the mRNA platform first used for a COVID-19 vaccine as the world saw earlier offer hope for this? To speak to us about this and more, we have with us today Dr. Akhil C Banerjee, Emeritus Professor of the National Institute of Immunology and former director of the Institute of Advanced Virology in Kerala. Good evening Dr. Banerjee and welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast. Thank you. Doctor, in February this year there was an exciting development in the field of HIV AIDS research. Doctors reported that a 60-year-old African American woman who was diagnosed with HIV in 2013 seemed to be cured. This is only the third case of a cure reported worldwide ever. The woman doctors said received cord blood or embryonic stem cells from a donor who has a rare mutation that naturally blocks HIV from infecting the body's cells could you explain to us how this mutation works yes see this is a mutation this mutation is known as ccr5 delta 32 okay virus enters a susceptible cell like macrophages and langerhans cells using this receptor and cd4 so ccr5 we call it 
co-receptor. The co-receptors are absolutely essential and CCR5 especially is important for the virus to get inside. These are the two receptors on a susceptible cell. So in 1998 from my lab, we reported this mutation. It's a remarkable mutation. It is a 32 base pair deletion mutant in CCR5. So you can imagine virus, virus has this beautiful envelope on the surface and in the host cell, there are two proteins, okay, the CD4 and CCR5. The CCR5 in certain individuals has a deletion, a remarkable deletion called Delta 32, 32 base pair deletion. We in 1998 published this paper in Gene. The volume is 207, pages 141 to 147 and 1998. So my lab at National Institute of Immunology began to be known worldwide as Delta 32 lab. We first were the first one in India to show the presence of this mutation. What does this mutation do? The C it, it, it completely makes CCR5 non-functional. So the virus cannot enter. So this is why it is known as HIV-1 protective mutation. Now, you can take, you can think of an embryonic stem cell, especially hematopoietic embryonic stem cell. I'm describing you the principle of that experiment that you, that you spoke. There are at least three or four incidents where the person got cured. In HIV field, we cannot get cured. Once you're infected, you're infected for lifelong because the virus becomes part of you. More scientifically, the RNA changes to DNA and the DNA gets integrated into your gene. So it is integrated. We have wonderful drugs. I think the, the follow-up question would come up. We have wonderful drugs that can take care of it. But ideally, the vaccine would be the ideal candidate, ideal candidate for the future. So this experiment was that person who was infected with HIV was given this cells, the stem cell that had the Delta 32. 32 base pair deletion mutant was there. So once that individual receives it, all the T lymphocytes and macrophages, they will not express CCR5. Once you're not express CCR5, the virus that establishes infection cannot establish the infection. So this is an HIV-1 protected mutation. White population, 1% is naturally homozygous. We in India, we almost do not have this mutation. We with great difficulty found one heterozygous, okay? One normal copy and one deleted copy, which we reported. So this is the principle of it. So you transfer those cells, those cells, the stem cells will make, make cells that will make T lymphocytes and macrophages that will not have CCR5. Once they don't have CCR5, the virus cannot enter. Virus cannot replicate in the body. So the virus cannot get amplified. That is how the virus, it seems they will, they have not found it and it seems it is cured. But one cautionary note that this virus is extremely smart. And it, it may be hiding in some corners. We call it safe sanctuaries, which can get activated at latest some time po point. So, but apparently for four to five years, there was, in many of these cases, there was no trace of this virus. So I think I have been able to explain to you what is that mutation? 
Why is this mutation important? This is a deletion, horrendous deletion mutation. Okay, it is in the in the gene, the open reading frame. So it runs into more scientifically, it runs into a termination codon. The virus, the host cells do not express CCR5 on the surface. Therefore, the virus cannot gain entry. So it's a highly, it's a remarkable observation. I would say if in the infection, infectious biology story, if you think, imagine, and, and it was shown experimentally, those who are, those who do not express CCR5, they do not get infected by huge statistical analysis. So this is a wonderful example, such a powerful pathogen that you cannot get, oh, this is an HIV one. If you have this mutation, homozygous one in both chromosomes, you are protected. That's very clear, doctor. So, but as you were telling us, it's very rare, right? It is not really seen in the Indian population, this particular mutation. Yes. So doctor, you just told us a little bit about how stem cells work. This particular, in this particular case, the woman's doctors had said she received both embryonic stem cells and adult stem cells. Now, we know that stem cell therapy is out of the reach of most patients with HIV AIDS. It is not an easy therapy and it is a cumbersome process. But what do we know about stem cell therapy so far? How does it work? You told us a little bit about how, what happened, do the stem cells replace the person with HIV AIDS immune system and bring in a fresh immune system? Is that how it works? See, stem cells, they have the potential Ideally, either adult stem cell or especially hematopoietic stem cells, you know, they, they have the potential to make cells that are immunologically important. For example, in case of HIV, the two cells, one is the macrophage and the other one is the T cells. So those from the embryonic stem cells, you know, you one can derive these cells. So once you make some changes in the embryonic stem cell by various technologies, and here I must say, see, HIV is our biggest foe, but HIV-1, I personally have been involved, HIV-1 gives you a platform to do wonderful gene therapy. It is known as lentiviral-based gene therapy. So in the stem cells, we can, via this lentiviral gene therapy approach, we can knock off CCR5 in the stem cells. And when these stem cells will grow into T cells and macrophages, it's so fascinating that you take these the embryonic, embryonic stem cells, you know, and then the huge research that goes on is what do you provide as a cocktail on your petri plate, like some growth factors and dysfine growth factors. So you can make nerve cells, you can make cardiac cells, you can make T lymphocyte. I myself have made from embryonic stem cells, macrophages, okay, and, and T cells. So, so it is possible to make all kinds of cells. For example, a person has some neurological defect, okay, so that person can be given can be given this uh, stem cell that will make healthy nerve cells, okay? And then that person, in, especially in Parkinson's disease and other, the most remarkable beneficiary effects have, be, have, been, have been seen. And I see it as a, a future therapy because people are now storing their stem cells. They, they may require at later stage sometime. But this is all 
to come in the future. Yes, yes. Research is still ongoing in this field. Research is all going. To say that this stem cell therapy would be applicable in the field for in controlling HIV, that is not going to be possible because, you know, you need the hospital where things, uh, your, your cells will be taken out and then manipulated outside and reinfused. So, so it is for the specialized cases, okay. But at some point, I see, you know, some novel techniques. I must say there is a technique called CRISPR-Cas. CRISPR-Cas technique is one which is, which is being tried in HIV also. So what you do is you go very specifically and cut the CCR5 gene. So now those cells will be devoid of CCR5. So at some point, I see the CRISPR-Cas technology taking over and making necessary changes to achieve a desired result. This CRISPR-Cas technology is currently being used in cancer, even in plants, making soil reservoir, temperature resistant. So this, this has a huge application. So I think I have been able to pinpoint to you some of the important so it may be possible one day, you know, you take the cells out from a from a from a patient, knock the CCR5 and, and infuse it back. So now the person makes makes a CCR5 or let's say a macrophage or a T lymphocyte that does not have CCR5. So the virus will not have chance to grow. That was clear, doctor. Thank you. So, but as of now, as you told us, right now the mainstay is drugs. Antiretroviral therapy, ART therapy is what most patients who have HIV AIDS are using. How, how have we progressed in this over the last 20, 30 years? ART therapy, from what I have been able to gather, has gotten significantly better. And we know now that patients with HIV AIDS who are taking regular treatment are managing to live lifespans comparable to those without HIV AIDS. Yeah, that's a very promising note that uh, you know I also echo the same sentiments. Let me tell you something more about, about the antiretroviral drugs. Yeah, we have wonderful antiretroviral drugs. And see, I will tell you, where do these drugs act? This HIV is an RNA virus. So from when it changes, once again, get inside the cell, RNA changes into a DNA, which is 10,000 bases long. So RNA to DNA. So the drug that works, you know, at that step, that is one drug. And then some virus matures. and then. So these are the two major areas where these drugs are, are used. There has been phenomenal success, I would say, in developing this therapy. It is not unlike, let us say, 15 years back. If you have HIV, that is the end of the story. No, that is not the case. You have wonderful antiretroviral drugs that will keep the disease as chronically managed disease, just like TB, any other disease. Okay. So with these drugs, one can perhaps live a normal life. But there are few concerns. One is them is toxicity, long-term toxicity. Second, as I told you a little earlier, virus is sitting in your body at safe sanctuaries. The, you, have, you cannot afford to stop taking the drugs. There are a number of experiments where they have taken for years long these drugs, combination of these drugs. You stop it for one week and tons of tons of virus comes out again, again in the body. So all the time you have to take this drug. This toxicity issue, 
there is another issue also. The other issue is you get resistant mutants, drug resistant mutants. So one first line of treatment has stopped, then you go to the other one, which may be expensive. So although one can live a manageable life, but it is not, not an ideal situation. Even today, as per my knowledge, you would have to spend more than 1,000 rupees per month for these drugs, or even more, 2,000 rupees. And once you develop resistance, then even more costlier drugs. The second line of drug, what we say, has to be taken. So we have made remarkable progress, and I must accord the remarkable contribution by Indian manufacturers, especially Sipla and many other uh, companies that have done such a wonderful philanthropic job, you know, like supplying these drugs to all over the world in Africa. So we have been a major supplier of antiretroviral drugs. So you understand what I'm trying to say, lifelong drug you have to take. It's not an ideal situation. Ideal situation would be vaccine. So tell us about that, doctor. Why, why it's been nearly 40 years that researchers around the world have been trying to develop a vaccine, but we still don't have a vaccine for HIV AIDS. Is it particularly hard to develop it for HIV? Is HIV a particularly difficult virus to get a vaccine for? Okay, it, it has to be a long answer. I hope you have time. See, this virus mutates very, very rapidly. There is one surface protein called the envelope protein. Just like you have the corona envelope, HIV also has an envelope that is sitting outside. That's a, a, the envelope protein. That is the protein that has maximum number of changes all the time. If a person gets infected today, after a week, tremendous changes in the, in, in the envelope sequence you can find. And you can go on finding. Another problem is that envelope protein has number of glycosylation sites, like sugars sitting on that protein, okay, which makes the recognition by the immune system to make antibodies or other immune responses very difficult. It's like the virus or this envelope protein is wearing a, a jacket which is full of sugars. So that is second point, why this vaccine has been difficult. Third, once you're infected, Virus is sitting inside your body. People have been trying for a long why this. Okay, what is an ideal scenario? Ideal scenario will be you'll be able to prevent infection. The WHO and many other NIH, we feel, you know, even if we get a vaccine which is 50% effective in preventing infection, that will have a huge impact. If you remember coronavirus vaccines, they don't prevent infection. You understand? They prevent severity. To find a something which prevents infection takes a long time, long, long time. HIV has been very difficult because A, extreme mutability, extreme changes in the sequences. That means, and what happens inside the body? The virus gets inside the body, makes an, the, the body makes an immune response, the virus changes. Again, immune response, virus changes itself. So this keeps on escaping the changes and until there is no CD4 T cells left. So this is a very remarkable story that it infects macrophages using CCR5 and 
at the end stage, it begins to kill the T lymphocytes, CD4 T lymphocytes, which are responsible for such an important immune response and gives us protection. So you see this virus is so smart that it is killing those, those two very important cell compartments that are important for generating immune response. Now your question, why has this been so difficult? We are still not sure. Nobody can say, see, we look for what are the correlates of protection. Usually, the correlate of protection usually definitely con contains neutralizing antibodies. It is an enigma that, let's say, if you have 1,000 HIV-1 infected individuals, only few get to make neutralizing antibodies. And, and it has to be a pan-neutralizer, that it should neutralize many, many types. So another approach to vaccine would be, or to control will be, to find a potent neutralizing antibody that can be induced in the body. There have been wonderful monkey experiments where such antibodies have been introduced, neutralizing antibodies from outside, and the monkey has shown protection against the virus challenge. And people are still working on make, uh, and finding out what are those potent neutralizing antibodies and what are the sites on the envelope that is important. So to answer your question, virus changes a lot. That is a huge problem. Virus is sitting inside the body. That is against a huge problem. Envelope protein is a must. For example, for COVID, you need that, you know, that uh, spike protein, right? So this is a spike protein for HIV, okay? You need that protein for the immune response, protective immune response, but this keeps on changing. So this, these are some of the problems and most, I, I, I could see some promising approaches using now this new, I wouldn't call it new technology. This technology has been there for a long time, just messenger RNA based vaccine. So yeah, it gives you an opportunity to create good vaccine candidates, novel vaccine candidates uh, using this technology. So we are hopeful we will have what we call a powerful immunogen, immunogen, powerful immunogen that will powerful antibody, powerful immune responses, protective immune, protective immune response is important. You can get an immune response, but it has to be a protective immune response. So we are very hopeful this messenger RNA technology, which has taken years and years by companies to develop this, and they will not reveal the secrets to you. So this, this is this is very, this is an important technology. I think in the, in India there's a huge effort today to establish uh, this platform for because it allows you to quickly generate various kinds of vaccines. We, we saw the mRNA vaccines that you're talking about, doctor, first being used in the world for COVID-19. So you were just telling us that it now hold, might hold out hope for a vaccine against HIV AIDS. What, what is different about this particular platform? What does it do that the other platforms for vaccines have not been able to do? See, you have one thing one has to understand that, okay, let me... For example, HIV envelope is the most important protein component that you need. For example, you need COVID spike protein. No, nobody can make vaccine without COVID spike. Nobody can make HIV vaccine without envelope and maybe some other reasons are also important. So this platform, I was reading one paper. So if you can almost produce inside the cell using this, see the RNA is 
introduced inside the cell and this RNA inside the cell then makes the protein. So it has all the naturals. How naturally you can present the envelope molecule that will dictate your protective immune response. And this technology gives you that opportunity as compared to others. That sounds very promising, doctor. So, so let's hope because there seems to be some news reports of an mRNA vaccine in development for HIV AIDS. So hopefully that will that will be the maybe maybe be the long sought for vaccine against the virus. Doctor, final question before we sign off. The HIV prevalence in India has been declining since 2000 and seems to be stabilizing. As per government reports, the prevalence among adult males now is 0.24% and among adult females, it is 0.2%. Is India, are we well placed in the battle against HIV AIDS now? I would say the situation is pretty much under control. However, we need to monitor, let us say, the prostitution centers, truck drivers who stop you know, on the way. So those, those are the hotspots where the, you know, the husband can then transfer it to the wife. Uh, so, and then I think, yeah, and I think India is doing pretty, pretty well because if anybody needs blood in the hospital, you know, that, that blood is thoroughly screened for HIV. And so I think we are comfortably placed, but there is no complacency, you know, the, especially the High-risk people, for example, the prostitution centers and all, must be monitored very quickly. And um, so that, that's where the virus can spread. How are we doing on the research front uh, when it comes to HIV AIDS in India? HIV AIDS, well, my lab has been... See, we need to continuously monitor the type of changes, the same thing that is being done for COVID. You need to continuously monitor what, how is it changing? For example, we say, oh, this COVID, uh, this is coming from Wuhan and then it came to UK and now the same thing has come to. So same thing is, so we need to continuously monitor. Continuously monitor. That is, before I, let us say, oh, I must make this point very clear. In India, 90% of HIV-1 is genetic subtype C, whereas in US and UK and other places, it is subtype B. So the vaccine that will make against subtype C, it is likely that, or let's say we cannot import a vaccine for, which works and with uh, against subtype B, will work against subtype C. You would say, what is the difference? The difference is, see, this virus is 10,000 bases long and there are changes all over. The moment the change exceeds 30% or 40%, especially in the envelope region, then we give it a new name called genetic subtype. There is an additional problem with this virus. It is highly recombinogenic, recombinogenic. For example, my lab and many other labs in the world, we have, we, we have found a lot of BC recombinants. Okay. So recombinants. So continuously monitoring the sequence can tell you quite a bit about function or functionality of the virus. For example, I tell you, our subtype C virus has rather some 
remarkable changes that you don't see in subtitles. How this has evolved, we don't know. For example, if a little more technical, if I go, there is a promoter region which will drive all the genes of HIV. That promoter region is called LTR. So LTR of subtype C has three or four transcription factor binding sites called NF-kappa B, whereas subtype B has only two. How has this evolved? If you have more of these elements, then more gene expression, more viral load in the body. So, and there are some other, other changes also. So I, I just wanted to make it a point that, yes, we have, there are many genetic subtypes. B is predominantly in US and UK. C is in India and we see plenty of recombinants. So, so this is the scenario which uh, we continuously need to monitor. How are the changes? For example, we also have Thai B, we have French B, okay? Those, those uh, signature sequences one can see in these sequences. So while we are stabilizing, this is a virus that will need monitoring for, the, for many years to come. That is correct. That is correct. But viruses are dangerous. We, nobody can predict. How will it change? Nobody can predict that. I think we all learned that lesson from COVID, doctor. <laughs> yes. 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 The, the important thing to remember is this, that if you have in the body, let's say, or in the inner community, very high level of virus cases, very high level, and the, and the viral loads in the body gets very higher, then there are many chances that you know, new variants, what we call, will be formed. And it is quite likely many types of variants will be formed. And it is very likely that one or two variants will predominant, will become predominant because of, you know, it has advantage in the body and that, that can create a lot of problems. So the, the mantra is to keep the virus load down in the community, the virus infection down. Okay, doctor, thank you so much for speaking to us today. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.